0: Hi, my name is Dissy Obanda and you are listening to Lex Pandemonium. Lex being Latin for law and pandemonium being chaos. Whether it is in meeting the commercial world's need for creative solutions in drafting contracts, the legalities of wage bill management, or the grungy details of law governing curfews and authorities using mandatory quarantine as prison, Lex Pandemonium is here to help you be in the know about the law. And if you have questions or need more information, well, feel free to drop a comment and we'll try our best to get you what you need. katiba institute Kellen kenya and eight others petitioned the high court of kenya in the quarantine is not punishment or hashtag Quaro si pano case which challenges the manner in which mandatory quarantine was implemented by the government of kenya emily kinama legal counsel at katiba institute gives us the details of this case listen in hello hi emily Hi. Um, kindly break down for us. We have seen the hashtag Kwarosi Pano case or hashtag quarantine is not punishment case. We know that you, you know, litigation council, working with Katiba Institute. Kindly break down for us who is involved in this case? Who are the petitioners in this case?
1: Um, thanks DC for this opportunity to talk about the case. Uh, my name is Emily Kinama from Katiba Institute. And we filed together with um, Alan Maleche of Arcelin, uh, um, and representing he was representing seven petitioners, whose identities have been protected for the purposes of protection of um, their health status okay. and from stigma. Okay. And the purpose of filing the case which was filed as a constitutional petition was seeking to um was seeking to challenge the government's response in the implementation of quarantine so our case basically touches that um implementation of quarantines must always meet um, the bare minimum of the right to health but at the same time it must be carried out in a manner that um, recognizes the right to dignity of those who are being put in quarantine it is scientifically they are put in quarantine for scientific reasons for example if you put someone um, in quarantine for public health measures but that quarantine is not used for other means
0: okay Emily before you go into what the case is about um those are the petitioners petitioners sorry who are the respondents in this matter
1: the respondents in the matter are the ministry of health the cabinet secretary of health the cabinet secretary of interior and coordination of national government and as well as the attorney general
0: so yes into the key facts in this case what were the issues or what brought about this case
1: sometime around I think 22nd of of March, the government uh, through the Minister of Health issued a directive over the media stating that those who are coming into Kenya were supposed to be put in mandatory quarantine, that was one, and that secondly by the 25th of March the flights that were supposed to be coming into Kenya, the last flight should come in on midnight on the 25th of March and that any passengers that entered into Kenya Kenya, um, airspace or Kenya from our other countries, they were required to go into mandatory quarantine at their own costs.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So what happened after that is that um, a number of passengers, for various reasons, had to come back to their countries. That uh, back to Kenya. That is some were coming either from school, others were coming from maybe they were working overseas, others had traveled for holiday, just the the, the normal reasons that people usually travel and leave the country yes. and so due to covid related issues in the countries maybe they were in like what has affected majority of the countries all over the world um jobs shutting down um financial and economic challenges a number of kenyans saw so fit to maybe come back home and not remain in other countries and struggle so there were many decisions and many reasons as to why Kenyans were coming back. It's not a mindset that um, those who came back were the rich and that they were on holiday and they could afford to fly so that now they're back in the country. They must all be put in quarantine. So there are various factors that affected many Kenyans and causing them to all return back to the country. Okay. So upon the return to the country, what we are mainly challenging in the case it's the procedure upon which the government went into implementing the mandatory quarantine. That is one. Yes. The second instance that we are challenging in the petition, which is now um, it's available to the public, is that the government then gave directives that those who did not adhere to some of the COVID-related regulations were required to be put in mandatory quarantine, specifically those as well that went contrary to the curfew orders that were initially issued by the Ministry of Interior. So this means that um, when the police would find someone, for example, who has um, passed the quarantine time, they would be put, um, instead of going through the, the normal process that the Public Order Act required, yes. that is, there's is, is, is a punishment that is laid down there for an offence of breaking the curfew, yes. what they did is that the police would arrest you and take you into a government quarantine facility. So we also challenged that because the main challenge to that is the question on the right. It goes to the question of right to health, but it also touches on the question on the right to fair trial and the rule of law. So the rule of law meaning that all Kenyans or every citizen um usually when a law is, is is put especially a criminal law has been put out for example if you steal a mango that is an offense mm-hmm. and an offense of stealing a mango you'll be you'll be probably fined 5 shillings or put one day in jail yes so the purpose of that law is also certainty so that you know if you do this this will happen
0: then these are but- the very clear repercussions
1: Yes, there's repercussion, and also to maintain the rule of law, in order to avoid people maybe being arrested and just
0: arbitrarily,
1: arbitrarily. Yes, it's for oh, certain mm-hmm. in law, which goes to the core of Article Ten and the rule of law. So, by there being the main question that is being asked in the petition as well is, there is already a law that provides for what happens when you arrest, but now people are being arrested and they're being put in detention in mandatory quarantine Quarantine, at their own cost. so this also brings out questions of are these like how can you use a public health measure such as a quarantine facility that is meant to uphold public health measures for a criminal outcome in essence Mm. you're criminalizing the quarantine process and this is not what it is meant to be. absolutely
0: someone used the word weaponizing
1: exactly we we would we would we would not maybe say weaponizing but the question that is being asked basically is maybe limited to um there is already a law in place on how coffee uh, those who break coffee should be treated but now that is not being followed and another measure is being used that being quarantined so that is the essence of the case yes. and what went on during the quarantine process. And it just brings a lot of questions on the right to health, some of the policies that are missing dealing with quarantine, how did it affect a lot of these petitioners? Where when you talk about health, it's both physical and mental health. So all these questions are brought. So in a summary, that is what the case was about. Is about
0: Emily, at what s- Stage is this case? Is it already at hearing stage?
1: No, at the moment we filed the petition and we were heard. And one, there are two parties that want to join the case. And we are now at that uh, stage. They've sought leave and we go back to court and see how that will proceed. Then we we hope now to hear from the court in order for us to see how to proceed with the matter
0: further. Uh, What's the recourse? What are the petitioners asking? the court to do what could the court possibly do since this is something that has already happened
1: i think the essence is also recognizing that what we are questioning or asking the court is to look was there a violation of rights and for every violation of rights there has to be a remedy an appropriate remedy and that is provided under article 23 of the constitution But now we are looking for quite a number of remedies that are supposed to assist at least in remedying the wrongs that were done maybe to those who underwent the mandatory quarantine process, but also seeking proper measures are put in place in order to avoid this happening again in future. I can't go through all the remedies that we are seeking, but... if from a declaration of rights to requesting uh, maybe the government to pass certain critical policies that may assist this entire quarantine process and to just question the illegalities of what took place for not only now or for the past but also for the future
0: As a litigator yourself I assume you do very many of these what sorts of preparation generally does counsel such as yourself have to do Uh, Uh to prepare for a public interest litigation case like this one.
1: For public interest litigation cases, I think they are like any other case. But the difference about it is to think about what exactly are you seeking to achieve at the end. Are you trying to correct a wrong? Are you trying to recognize that there's a danger or probably the state needs to follow the law as well? Are you trying to seek a remedy maybe for a violation of rights? It has to start from somewhere. You looking at what is the problem who was affected, what is the impact of this and what are you seeking to change? So I think that's the first step when you're thinking about public interest litigation. And then secondly what makes public interest litigation very different from other forms of litigation would be the impact that the case has. So the impact of the case is not like in a civil case where I am probably um, Ateno is probably challenging Wanjiku for a chicken. Yeah, it's not a civil an individual rights-based case. Mm -hmm. It's based on a societal impact, a national impact, an international impact. The impact must affect the day-to-day lives of those that the decision is going to be given. So it doesn't bind individual parties, but it binds everyone that these are the bare minimums that must be followed. So I think that is what is different. Um, between maybe a civil case and a public interest case. And then what tools do you use? What are the measures of using these tools that you rely on? So those are the critical things to bear in mind when considering a public interest litigation matter. There has to be a problem. There to be a way you're seeking to remedy that problem and the impact of remedying that problem transcends even those individuals that were affected and affects the public. It's for the public good. Good.
0: And Emily, who can institute a public interest litigation case? Is it specific people, specific organizations? No, the public
1: interest litigation was really assisted by the constitution because it recognized that we had such a, a, a transformative constitution, a constitution that sought to bring change that the Kenyans wanted. Therefore, any party, any person, if you look at Article 22 and 258 of the constitution, it provides for... Who is allowed to come and file a suit before the court? Challenging either a violation of a right or that the constitution um, has not been a to, or if you're seeking even interpretation of a law or a right, anyone is allowed to do that. You can sue on your own behalf. You can sue on behalf of other people. You can sue in the public interest. So the scope, or even on behalf of a group of people, the scope has really been expanded as to who can bring the suit before the court. But I think what to think about um, generally when you're thinking about um, public interest litigation is to just think, um, if you're filing this suit so that you don't have instances where you just feel like maybe the sun is not shining while I'm going to court, <laughs> you really have to think about what the impact of a particular case is, yes. um, or you proceed? Yes.
0: Would you say that these public interest litigation cases are often against whom? Against perhaps arms of government?
1: I think under the constitution, anyone who violates the constitution, anyone. So violation. The violators come in different forms, shapes, and sizes. It's not limited to the state, but the state under is is under more obligations that's why a lot of times we find that the state is being sued it's because the constitution says they have a lot of obligations that they are meant to uphold to realize what that constitution was meant to be and then secondly any person can be sued for violating rights even private bodies, even individuals who have done things that have violated rights, then by you violating someone else's rights, you are also violating the same constitution. The constitution says that it must be respected by everyone. And it's not a respecter of man, of state or of private body. All persons must respect the constitution and the bill of rights. And by respect, I mean, just read it understand it and apply it to the best possible way you can and ensure that you do not violate and by violate I mean it should not say x and you're doing y that is where then maybe a problem arises Arises.
0: going back to the form right now I know your is your experience of remote practice are you engaging the court through zoom or whichever digital tools are you using at this time
1: the courts are using the system of microsoft teams so
0: i've
1: had a number of I've had one hearing as of yesterday, and we are also having mention for directions. All of them are being done via Microsoft Zoom. The courts are patient with us, at least even when we're having challenges with the internet. So at least, um, at least that has has worked. Of course, everything with change comes uh, challenges, but I think even for us, you just try look and see what is the best way to learn. We are all learning, we're all learning. Yes and all
0: feeling all and thinking, trying yeah. and iterating. Yeah. yes. yes
1: so if the directions are sought to assist people and we can we can just follow them and adhere to them, I think that is good and, and both parties, I think people are, are trying to be more accommodative of them as well.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So finally Emily, please do tell us public interest litigation. yes, what is the importance? What's the importance of such cases?
1: public interest litigation change it can have an impact on an individual but it will transcend the impact for that individual whose rights has been affected so the greater good of public interest litigation would be social justice and just adhering to the rule of law and the constitution i think that at the end of it all that is the bottom line because if everyone adhered to the rule of law and to the constitution a lot of our problems would be dealt with so it's more for societal change and societal impact yes
0: wonderful and especially in a country or in a community where the people sometimes feel like the state is the law then at least the constitution has given them some recourse yes yes it has absolutely i know this has been a long week for you you've been before the supreme court but i'd like to thank you very much emily for giving us your time and just really breaking down this very important case. We will be watching to see how it goes and the recourse that the court will give against the prayers that you have sought.
1: Thank you so much DC. I think for us at the end of the day, filing this case at the High Court, it in effect means that we are asking, especially it's a case touching on socioeconomic rights. Yes. And economic rights under Article 43, such as the right to health, we always say the impact is greater because it's it's so linked to someone's life someone's dignity
0: yes.
1: so we just hope for a societal change, the court documents, they are available in the public to just, what I've summarized most of it is captured in the public documents, yes. so yeah that that is basically it, we want to present our case before the court and hear um, what the, the court has said, the other parties are still uh, to file their responses, but they will also Put up uh, their case and file it before the court, and the court listens to our arguments, and hopefully it can it can decide based on what it has what has been put before it, as to what is um, what it thinks is 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 the best way forward. Yes.
0: Excellent, Emily. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, BC. Thank you Um, very much. This is the first time I've done this, but yeah, thank you.
0: There's always a first time. So, how are you feeling?
1: (laughs) It was okay. It's just weird. Like, I'm always used to either talking in a court or talking to someone.